Yes, people, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of Echoes from the Void. And, um, yeah, yeah, I am losing my goddamn voice. Um, really irritating, very frustrating. So, um, yeah, uh, it's probably gonna be a short episode because I don't think I can talk for much longer. Uh, a few things I recorded earlier in the week, so it's alright, but yeah, it's gonna be another one of those weeks, I think. But, um, yeah, I don't know, people. Um, man, people are dumb. Like, so the new Star Wars trailer hit this week. I haven't watched it. I don't bother with trailers. But you just see online everyone may, oh my god, it's amazing, it's incredible. Oh, we noticed this from the trailer. Oh, we noticed that from the trailer. And you just wanna shake these people. You know what I mean? Because it, it, it's just like, yo, do you not remember what happened? The other year Because the same thing With uh, Fuck What was the name of that last retarded film Ugh Not the, the one after Force Awakens The Ryan Johnson Whatever his name is But anyway people Who really Ugh I don't know Um False Awakens Jesus What was the name of that other stupid Star Wars film Um But anyway you know the, It came out everyone was like Oh it looks incredible Oh it's gonna answer all these Questions And then when the damn film hit Everyone's Pissed You know what I mean and that's as is the thing. It's just like, why are you giving losing your minds for something that hasn't even dropped yet? Because you're raising your expectations. You know what I mean? Raising your expectations and then when it finally comes out, when it finally comes out, you're then gonna start whining. Because it's not doing what you wanted it to do. Alright? So it's just like, ugh. Shut up, people. The Last Jedi. Was that it? I think that was it. The Last Jedi. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just crazy. It's just like, Look at this. This is what people do, right? They, they, you look for things in something that you want to see, right? It's not even there, but people start making up a whole heap of shit. Be like, oh, yeah, it shows this. Oh, it's gonna be this. And then when you finally see it, then people get ass bent because it's not that thing. Yeah, it's not that thing. It's, it's fine. Listen, if you want to, I'm not saying people shouldn't watch the trailer. That's not the thing. 
I'm like, yo, you can watch a trailer, you can get excited, but don't make it into something that it's not. Like, just go, hey, that was a fun trailer. That's fine, you know what I mean? Oh, it shows possibilities. Yeah, I think I'll watch this new film, right? Right? But when you're like, oh, now, the way they said that thing, obviously, that must mean blah, 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 blah. No. No, 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 no. It just is a thing. They just said a stupid thing. Until you see it, stop with the bullshit, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's just this craziness. I don't know. Look. The last film was, look, with, um, whatever the last film was called, The Last Jedi, what, if it is that, cool, if not, whatever, but, look, I respected the fact that Ryan Johnson, um, tried to shake things up, you know what I mean? Tried to shake things up and wasn't just doing a Highlander 3, which Force Awakens was. You know what I mean? Let's not kid ourselves. J.J. Abrahams just made Highlander 3. That's all that film was. There was nothing new. It was kind of boring. So I respected the fact that we had new shit. But, god damn it. It's just, ugh, a lot of it just made no sense, no sense whatsoever, you know what I mean, like, Luke trying to kill a kid in his sleep, like, Han running off, really like, oh, we've got a bad kid, instead of just sticking around and talking, I'm just gonna run away. Just makes it, and then at the end, at the end, you have Luke using a projection of himself, and you're like, if you could do that all along, what the fuck is you mean? Like, what? It's crazy, right? So yeah, you had all of that. Um. And what the fuck was that with, 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 you know what I mean, with Carrie Fisher, with Princess Leia at the thing? Gets sucked out into space, doesn't die. I'm like, what the fuck? That makes no sense. And I bet they regretted that shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? If they had just killed her, yeah, wouldn't have had all this now bullshit that you're going to have to use, you know. Stock footage and shit to try and go. She's dead. Need to try and put her in the new film because we didn't kill her in the last. Uh oh. Yeah, but um, you know, <sighs> I don't care, people. I don't care. <laughs> uh, I'm probably more interested in the Mandalorian, but even that. I don't really care, to be honest, yeah, I don't know, I just don't, man, getting tied into a lot of this shit, it's just, it just becomes old, right, so, hey, you know, 
when something drops, I'll take a look. You know what I mean? I'll take a look. I saw this article the other day. Actually, I think it was today. I don't know. My memory has turned to fuck. But, um, yeah. So, the king, the new, uh, um, Timothy Chalamet film coming. There's dropping next week on Netflix. Now, I saw it during the London Film Festival, and it was so damn good. And there was this review just ripping it apart. It just seemed... But sometimes, I think, look, not everyone has to agree. That's fine. But sometimes it just seems that people have these agendas. And... It's not so much that they don't like something, but they want to dislike it, so now they will just look for any reason to kind of state that why this was bad, you know what I mean? Now, look, I've gone to things that I thought, it's probably not going to be any good, and then you get surprised, hey, I am more than happy to go, hey, Thought this was going to be bad Actually, it was decent But yeah, it's, it's kind of weird Sometimes with people But anyway, I digress Um, Yeah, let's get into the rest of this shit uh, But yeah, it's going to be short My voice is fucked, people God damn it So on the uh, BBC website, there is a piece about um, <clears throat> students and, um, you know, being short on money and resorting to sex work to pay their bills. Now, this piece is just like, man, I don't understand, like the the. The piece opens up, right, with a guy saying, um, when he was out of money and stealing the milk in student digs, he decided there was only one option to earn some cash. The individual who doesn't, who does not want to be named said he visited men when he was a teenager, university student, to earn between 20 and 120 a time the line that line of work was sort of always on my radar as an easy way to make money in tough times i only did it when i really needed it he said eventually his parents found out and put a stop to it he never talked to anyone else including a subsequent girlfriend about what had happened now listen i firstly i was a bit like you know so he was getting 20 to 120 like son learn how to market yourself better Yuri, if you're going and doing I don't even know what for 20 pounds, that's on you. You need to respect your shit. 20 pounds, you're a bit of a sucker. Secondly, I'm like, you know what I mean? He's like, um, this line of work was always on my radar. 
always on your radar. So, basically, you're, it's, you know, what I mean, this kind of sounds really, you wanted to suck some dick, but you wanted an excuse to be able to do it. You didn't want to just go to a club and do it because, oh, oh no, if I just went to a club and sucked it, people think I'm gay. Oh, I can say it's to pay my university bills. Okay, yes, that's what I'm going to do. I'll do that. It's like, that was always on my radar. The fuck are you talking about? It's just like, oh, when I couldn't pay my university bills, there was only one way to make extra money. Um, there are plenty of other ways. You know what I mean? When I was at university and I was like, oh shit, I don't think I can pay my friggin' rent and stuff. I wasn't like, oh, hold on, I've got a mouth, I've got an asshole. Hmm, wonder how much money I could get for both of those No, I was like, what other fucking work is out there? Sherry, and so, firstly, the student union They advertised work, you know Which I would have done But bar work is always a bit You know, like when you can't see the frigging cash register And especially in a dark fucking place So I was a bit like, alright, what can I do? So I went and worked in a cinema Worked in a cinema While I was at uni I did like 70 hours (laughs) You know, it's a part-time job I'm doing like well over full-time hours But that was to pay for uni That was like, okay I need money this is the way to do it And I just did my, you know, my papers and everything like that When I got home So I'd get home at one Then I'd do, you know, write an assignment Catch an hour's sleep, go to uni I, I didn't really sleep, so, you know, it worked for me But then also, you have to break it, like You're not in uni from nine to five every fucking day So, you work on those days that you have off, or you go, alright, I'm going to work this many days, and these days are my study days. But you can work, there's ways of working it out. You know, like, a friend of mine, he worked in McDonald's. Another friend, he worked in a shoe shop. So, there were plenty of ways to make money. You didn't have to resort to sex work But, so this is the thing Listen, right I'm not dumping on sex work If you want to do that That's fine Whatever But the, but the thing about this is It's just like um, <clears throat> You know, now he's saying Oh, I regret it looking back But if I was put Back in that same situation I might do the same thing He said So Does he really regret it? Because you know what I mean? It's just like Again It's not the only way to make money But You wanted to do that 
and you're saying, oh, if in the same situation, yeah, I'd do it again. Not, well, I'd look at other options. I'd look at other ways in which I could make money. No, you're just like, ah, you know what? Hey, push come to shove. Hey, I can suck a dick. It's like, what the fuck is this guy saying? It's, it's crazy. Don't say you regret it, but then, oh, yeah, I'd do it again. Fuck it. I mean, <laughs> it's just like he wanted to suck a dick, he wanted to ride a dick, so that's what he chose to do. Listen, whatever work that you do, that's the work you do. I don't give a fuck. But don't act like, oh, I had no other. When you do have other options, there are always other options. I mean, that's, this is the crazy thing. It always makes me laugh when you watch those programs. And a lot of times you have these people and they're like, oh, so why did you resort to selling drugs? Ah, I needed money. And you're like, oh, so did you try and, you know, get a job in McDonald's? Fuck, no, I'm not working in McDonald's. Why if my friends see me? Why am I going to try? I'm not trying to work in McDonald's. It's just like, whoa, 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 whoa. So there are other options. You just didn't want to do those other options. So you chose that. And that's the thing. It's just like, you know, see, there's this whole article about, you know, the, the shame of sex working and the plight of students and all of this shit. Hey, listen. There have been many people in the same situation that have found ways around it. Now... Is there like, oh, there's a ton of students who are resorting to sex work. You have to ask your... Look, as I said, there are other options. Now, if you chose sex work as a way of paying for your course, fine. Whatever, I don't care. But let's not go... Let's not put it like that was the only way they could make money. It's not the only way. It's just the way they chose. So, let's not... Let's not fucking kill ourselves. Now, the thing about it... Just, yeah, fuck the stigma around it. They want to do that? Fine. I don't give a shit. So, yeah. Let's educate... So there's not the shame around it. But the only way you'll actually do that is decriminalizing prostitution. You know what I mean? Which they've done in some other countries. Decriminalize it and you take a lot of the bullshit away from what it is. Until you do that, it is what it is. You know what I mean? Run campaigns within the universities themselves. So the students understand, hear it, make it clear that, you know, if you want to offer counselling, therapy, all of that stuff, make those channels obvious and clear to people. Yeah, but that's it. That's all you're doing. There's nothing else to be done. You know what I mean? It is what it is. But let's not kid ourselves about the choice Because Hey Now there might be the odd people The odd few people The small percentage 
that yes, that was their only choice. But I can guarantee you, most of the people doing it, there are other options. They just chose that one. It's as simple as that. Hey, so over in the UK, the um, ASA, that's the Advertising Standards Authority, have um, decided to come down on Instagram influencers. You know, people like Katie Price, Lauren Goodger, um, and uh, who's the other idiot who they were talking to? Oh, man. Just, yeah, these, these, I don't even know why I call them influencers, you know what I mean? They're just idiots, uh, basically. Um, that's it, Georgia Harris, Harrison? Yeah. So, all of these girls, they've put up posts around, um, like, boom bod, uh, and V24 gummies Which are All things that you can supposedly use To uh, help lose weight And so You know, it did, like the advertising authority have been like Yo, it's clear that you have edited the photos To make the waist look thinner Which Makes it look weird And None of you were overweight So You promoting this stuff And talking Saying oh this helped me lose All this weight is a lie And bullshit But So this is the thing right Yes it's a lie It's fabrication It is bullshit But Right, so this is the thing They're like, uh Now, I've got no problem with, um You know what I mean, them saying that these idiots have to take down these adverts Now, the thing that always just makes me laugh about the whole thing Is, you know what I mean, because it's just like You're fooling people into thinking Listen, right Anyone that <laughs> Read those people's adverts And we're just like Oh, so if I buy these gummy bears Or if I drink this tea It's going to give me a body like Katie Price or uh, Whatever this retard's name is You're an idiot You're an idiot And there is no sympathy for you You know what I'm saying? There is no sympathy whatsoever Because it is so clear How transparently bullshit these things are You know what I'm saying? It's just, the adverts themselves are so ridiculous Like, the people they use are so ridiculous So... Yeah, anyone that believes in this thing Anyone that is looking at these people Like they're influencers You you need to uh, Oh, you need to readdress your life, man You know what I'm saying? Because 
listen, right? Now, what we do with marketing and advertising, it's, it's, it's all about storytelling. It's all about letting someone know the, the advantages of something, of how a, a product or a service can help people in a certain way or inform them on something. Do you know what I mean? Make their life a little bit easier. It's not about lying. It's not about lying. So anyone that decides to lie, you're just scum. You're scum and an idiot. And the thing is as well, so back in the day, right, we, we had no information. Yo, so I ain't like you, but you just think they used to say that cigarettes, <laughs> cigarettes are good for you, cigarettes aren't addictive, cigarettes can help you, yo, lose weight, find a partner, like just all the shit that they used to tell you about them, right? There was, you know, there's no way people could like go, oh. So they can't, they, they wouldn't let you lose weight. They wouldn't, because there's no information. Now, there is so much information at hand to people. So much. Everyone has a smartphone. So you, you can, you know what I mean, ask Siri, ask Alexa, whoever, and they will give you that, you know what I mean, whatever you want. They will tell you, inform you, give you stats and numbers. You can get that data. So if you are going to believe what some vapid idiot on social media is saying, that's kind of on you. It is kind of on you. You've got to do your due diligence. You know what I mean? So you can't put your head in the stand and go, Yeah, that's what Katie Price told me. She said, if I do this, I'll be this. No. Look, she's a liar. Okay? She's a slug for doing that. But you... You... You should have done your due diligence as well. There is no excuse for stupidity. So, hey, I'm, I've got no problem with the ASA taking this shit down. But let us not try and act like anyone that believes them is a victim. They're not a victim. They're just dumb, they're just dumb, that's it people, that's the hard truth right there, but, (sighs) listen, let's move on with the shit, let's get into this week's TV, because, man, I can't talk for any much longer, alright, let's go, hey yo, so, man, it was another great UFC card this weekend, and uh, coming from the TD Garden in Boston, Titletown, (laughs) Um, oh my gosh, 
Annick and Fitzgerald did a funnier skit. Funny our skit that you that they showed during the broadcast. I think it's floating around Twitter and YouTube, so you, you should check that out. But um, yes, the, it was a fun ass card. Main event was Dominic Reyes against Chris Weidman. Chris Weidman's first fight as a light heavyweight, and it seemed that the ramifications from this fight, the winner could possibly get a, a, a fight against John Jones. You know what I mean? Dominic, because he'd still be unbeaten. And, you know, Jones has fought everyone else. So, that's his claim. Weidman, you know, being a past middleweight champion. Do you know what I mean? It, it kind of make, makes it possible for him to leapfrog people. Because, again, Jones has fought everyone else. So, that was... That was a big thing going into this. You know, Whiteman, he, he's, um, he's wrestling pedigree. So, you know, having that move up, it was like, mm, he should be able to handle the, the weight difference. Plus, he was always a bigger middleweight. You know what I mean? It was a, it was a kind of crazy weight cut he made to do middleweight. So... Yeah, I think this looked like it would be a good fight. And especially with the fact that Reyes got taken down a lot against Volkan Uzumir. So, um, yeah, this fight, Reyes, he's coming out, he's throwing kicks. But Weidman, using that good fight IQ, you know, he avoids the kicks, goes in, takes Reyes down. Can't hold him, but... He's got him up against the fence. He's clinching. You know what I mean? Um, can't take him down, no. Can't take him down. So, because Reyes was saying the reason Uzumir was able to take him down was because he wasn't expecting it. So, this kind of played into that narrative a bit. But, um, yeah, so they break away. Wipen, you know, he's throwing up some shots. He's doing his thing. Backing Reyes up. But as he's backing up, Reyes catches him with a straight left that was, oh, man, bullseye on the chin. Weidman goes down. Reyes follows it up with some hammer fists. And it's done. Reyes gets the win and possibly gets that fight for that belt. Who knows, man? But that's the logical one. But yes, if you want to hear all the fights, if you want to hear the proper breakdown, tune into this week's Chin Check for all of that. And we um we touch on some other shit. So uh, yeah, check out this week's Chin Check, people. Do it now. Well, after you've listened to this episode, obviously. <laughs> Okay, people, so this week I uh, checked out the new Netflix series, Living With Yourself. Uh, This was created by Timothy Greenberg, um, and it's starring Paul Rudd, uh, Ashling Bay, I think it's Ashling Bay, Uh, (coughs) Desmond Borges, 
Taron Pittman, Zoe Chow, um, Zachary Cherry, Jean Jones, Gabriel Reed, Ginger Gonzalez, Aiden Malin, Emily Young, and Ali Shawshank appears in it, which, uh, yeah, always a little treat. Um, so, yeah, this jumped on Netflix last week. Uh, and the gist of the film, well, the TV show even, is this. Miles Elliott, a man struggling in his career and life, takes the advice of a um, newly successful work colleague and undergoes a novel spa treatment that promises to make him a better person. Only he then discovers he's been replaced, literally, by a better version of himself. Yeah. Oh, man. It's, I think, idea-wise, you know, this, we've seen this before. You know, we've kind of seen this concept before in TV and films. I mean, remember the sixth day, uh, that kind of weird um, Arnold Schwarzenegger film that was, I believe it was financed by um, Vince McMahon and the WW, uh, I think it was still F at the time. But, um, yeah, so... You know, as I said, look, we've we've seen we've seen the idea done, but I think we've not seen it done like this, and this is what makes this show so good. It's, it's really good. It's eight episodes. Uh, they're they're kind of between like twenty five, twenty eight minutes an episode, which is. Perfect, you know. There's no kind of, ah, there's no um flag, you know. No, just wait on the show. And um, yeah, it just deals with it. How you kind of think, yeah, that's exactly what would happen. I could see that, you know. And that's the beauty of it. It's very believable. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like all the incident, inc- incident, incident, I don't know what I'm trying to say. I'm losing my friggin' voice, people. It's so irritating. Um, but yeah, every, like everything that happens, it's very logical and you can rationalize it. You know, like we're in a lot of things, you're just like, oh, why would the person do that? Like, what? You know, like um, I think in some of them, you you some of the versions of this we've seen, you have the uh, the copy going. I'll oh, sacrifice my life because you know you were here first, so I'll die. And you're just like, who's volunteering their life? No one's actually doing it. You know what I mean? It's just like look, I think 
in your head, you could be like, oh, I take a bullet for that person. In reality, bullshit. Everyone's hesitating because it's just like, wait, I'm going to die? No, I'm not doing that. So, yeah, we in this, like, we see things happen. Um, you know, the, the story plays something up, but then you have the reality of it. It's just like, I'll go, I'll leave you guys. Then it's just like, hold on, why am I leaving? No. And, and so, yeah, you're able to just, you know, watch it for, um, for this enjoyable story, you know, that, that you can actually buy into. You know, if, if a relationship, look, if if your relationship's having problems, then it's just like, hold on. So, how would this, like, how is this working? Because of, obviously, I'm not, you know what I mean? I'm not doing well here. So, if people are connecting better with you, the clone, then maybe, yeah. And that, yeah, it makes you know, it's just like ah, genius. It's very good writing. It's very good writing, and Rudd does a great job with the nuances between, you know, the two Rudds, you know, the two versions of Miles. Because so one has still got that. Naivete, you know, that that hope, that desire to thirst for life, and the other is just run down and kind of bitter, you know, and we get that, we see that within the two, and, you know, it, it, it's not with, like, straight away, you can look at them and go, oh, I know what version that one is. And it's just like with, I think the body language, you know, uh, it's just these minor little details. And I think that's really good. And, you know, I think the whole situation with, uh, you know, his, his wife, that's handled just really well. You know, because Kate, like, if Miles is feeling disillusioned and just run down with life, then how would that affect Kate, right? And so we see that. And I think what's really good is the kind of conclusion of it all. Because on one hand, she's got this guy that she's known and been married to for all these years, then you've got the, you know, the 2.0 version, so which one would you kind of resonate with, and yeah, I, I, I think, you know, before we've seen one way of it, but this, it makes perfect sense, the way they work it out, the way they do it, it's so good, because it's just like, yeah, of course, of course that's what would happen, you know, so, um, 
This is so well worth checking out. You know what I mean? So worth worth checking out. And um, yeah, Ali Shawshank, Shawcat, is Miles's sister. And I have to say, like when he first goes to see her, I'm just like, I know her. I know her. God damn it. Who is that chick? Ah, it's like the great smile. God damn it. I was racking my brains. Then I was just like, oh, Ali Shawcat. Outstanding. Outstanding. You know what I mean? Because, whoo, like she is fine as hell. You feel me? God damn it. So, yeah, that was good. Uh, but, yeah, it's, no, it's really good writing. Just great direction. You know what I mean? Just the way it all just flows and, and we get to follow the action. There's a lot of kind of um, from someone else's eyes, which just works really well. So we'll we'll see... Kind of things play out from, say, the original Miles's point of view, and then the next episode, or a bit later in that episode, you will jump back to seeing it from Kate's point of view, or the, you know, the duplicate's point of view, leading up to a point where we're we're going from. And that works so well because it lets you kind of uh, just key in with a character, you know, like really emphasize with what that person is going through in that moment in time. So, yeah, these these really nice little just framing tricks on, um, yeah, connecting you with the story and the characters. Oh, it's, it's just yeah, a really good way of, you know, giving you a new lease of life on this old kind of concept, which is, yeah, I, I would say is well worth checking out. It dropped on Netflix uh, last week. I think it was last Friday. Um, and so obviously, yeah, this is going to be, you know, it's going to be there, you know. So you can go check it out anytime. But yeah, definitely check it out because it's a lot of fun. Uh so um yes, that is Living with Yourself from uh Timothy Greenberg, uh starring Paul Rudd, Asling Bay, Ali Shawshank, uh Desmond Borges, Karen Pittman, Zoe Charles. So yeah, it's one season. I don't know. I'm hearing that the you know Greenberg has got an idea for a possible second, but you know, hey, I'd be content with if it just ended here. You know, we don't really now need to see what happens next. It's a good story, just in and of itself. So yeah, if if it just is this these eight episodes, I'm cool with that. Because it's tight, it's concise, 
and it's good. So yeah, check it out, people. Check it out. So this week I decided to continue um, the adventures from the Masters and Mage trilogy, uh, which is written by Miles Cameron and narrated by Mark Meadows. So now I'm on book two, which is Dark Forge. And um, the breakdown of this book is this. Only fools think war is simple or glorious. Some are warriors, some captains. Others tend to the fallen or feed the living. But on the magic-drenched battlefield, information is the lifeblood of victory. And Arantha is about to discover that carrying messages, scouting the enemy, keeping his nerve and passing on orders is more dangerous and more essential than an inexperienced soldier could imagine. Especially when everything starts to go wrong. Battle has been joined on the field, in the magical sphere, and in the ever-shifting political arena. And um, I think one of the things I really like about this book is the fact that um, it's a direct continuation from, uh, you know, Cold Steel, the first book, right, so you're, um, I think you're just kind of thrown straight into the mix, there's no pandering or, or, you know what I mean, like padding things out or anything like that, we're straight into the story, and it's, um, you know, because at the end, sorry, the first book was Cold Iron. At the end of Cold Iron, we're just, you know, it's everything is looking great. You know what I mean? Like, they, uh, oh, they've just revealed that, yo, we've been playing this motherfucker for a fool. Look at our army. We are going to take it to them. What? So we're just left with that. Just this anticipation of this big battle. And, hey, I, I, I think every, even though you, you end book one on that, you always kind of know that shit goes wrong, right? So, yeah, we're about to be um, thrown into this big battle. And it isn't, I, th- I think, like, a lot of books back in the day, they'd just be like, and a big battle was fought. Oh, but these guys were victorious. The end. So then, leading on to this adventure, and that's all you get. But now, there's certain writers, like um, like Miles Cameron, like Joe Abercrombie, you know, like um, Brian McKellen. They really kind of give you all the nitty-gritty that goes into it. And that's just not the fighting, but it's the chess game. It's the positioning of troops. It's all the strategy. It's, well, how are we going to get messages to everyone? And uh, So, like, you know, what happens to injured people? And So you get 
all of that. And like, I know, I realize that some people might just think, oh, can we just get to the fighting? But it it adds a realness to it. It adds weight. You know what I mean? You, you become more invested when you get all the minutiae of this kind of thing. So we get we get all of that. And obviously shit goes down, you know. But and I think this is something that you find in the traitor sun cycle that like nothing is just simple and you know what I mean? Everything leads somewhere with Cameron. So we have this, you know, we open up with this big battle. And yeah, look, stuff happens. But from that, it's not just boom, boom, boom. You, you get a logical kind of like, okay, so we need to now do this. And let's send these people here. So the story just becomes more layered and intricate, but in a way that makes sense. And at every moment, you're like, oh, man, like, this is shit. What, what's going to happen? Yo, this is crazy. Huh. So we get all of this. And... From everything that we learn as the book goes on, it makes the very beginning, you know, you understand. Because, yes, although we do pick up straight from the end of book one, as with most things, we have the um, the prologue before chapter one. And so the events in the prologue make everything else that comes clear. And you're like, Oh, right, okay, okay, cool, and um, yeah, it's just lays every, you know, we just really get this really interesting story, and like all things that we had in book one, you know, those layers are, are still there, you know, so it's, Ah oh, man, like the twists, like in that synopsis, it mentions um, like the political uh, landscape, you know, and and that is definitely a big part of the book. But you're kind of drip fed some stuff, and then more stuff becomes clear, and it's just like obviously. You know what I mean? When you realise a certain thing, it's just like, yeah, that makes it. Yeah, of course, that would happen. You know what I mean? Like, how it, w- it would be illogical for everything just to be real crazy smooth, right? So that makes sense. And you're like, oh, man. You know what I mean? It, because... You're, you you just have this kind of elaborate story that just unfolds in front of you because we already think all right this is this is kind of crazy man this is yo there's a lot going on and then this new kind of thread gets like 
weaved in. And, you know, it, it, it's not like it's tacked on because, you know, all the seeds are there. All the seeds are there. It's just, I think you forget about them because you're so invested in everything that is currently happening. And I, I like the the magical system and the, the ways kind of, you know, it evolves with the characters. Because technically, we, we, we're kind of dealing, you know, these, these Arantha and these friends, they're kind of novices still. But with everything that has happened to them, you think, yeah, it makes sense for them to get some new understandings and insights. And especially because they're having to do shit on the fly... It'd be insights that other people may not have Because they hadn't had to come about it in this way So it's like, oh, okay, right And so the whole Lightbringer thing is making more sense You know, like the whole seer It's, it's just there and, and it's so, yeah, it, it's so well played I have to say, it is very well played. The one thing I didn't really like, it, it was just one thing, and it's just, I think it's Gillette, Gillad, a character called Gillad, who's kind of like a holy man from the um, Sophie region. You know, it's their holy man. And it's just, uh, it, it's just because the character's a bit of a fool. But there's more, obviously, there's more to him, and blah, blah, blah. And it's just, I always hate those characters. You know what I mean? Because they're kind of there for a little comic relief, but they're also like, hey, there's more to this person than you perceive. You just see them as a fool, but they're not. But, and, yeah, I just get a bit tired of that sort of character trope. But, yo, that doesn't take away with everything else that, that is there. And god damn it, I am enjoying the hell out of this series. So um yes, I am looking forward to uh, book three for sure. Um and that is uh Bright Steel. So um yeah, in the coming weeks I'm gonna be ending this trilogy and um I've got my fingers crossed that it's gonna go out with a nice bang biz yeah god damn it you know i have faith in miles cameron that the previous series was great all the way through and this is shaping up to be more of the same but um yeah if you want to do dark forge like with everything else it's on audible um so you can grab it there mark meadows does a great job of narrating um, so yeah, go check it out, people. Yeah, I think you'll enjoy it. Well, people, yeah, we are ending this week's episode here. Hopefully next week, the voice will be back. And uh, yeah, we can address a whole lot more shit. But as it is, we are out. See you next Wednesday for another episode of Echoes from the uh, 
non-croaky-ass void. 